0: Welcome to What Is It About The Weather, a podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek. This week, our question at hand is weather making me sleepy. We'll get to that in a bit. Hope you're doing well on the weather front. Hope your fall or spring weather, wherever you are, has been enjoyable and pleasant. I went from kind of a lot of variants to yeah, more of a what I would call traditional fall weather—you know, cooler mornings, a little warmer in the afternoon—but kind of in that same range. However, I've got some some changes in store for me. I'm going to probably see my first freezing temperatures this coming weekend. Now, not right where I am. I'm going to be doing a little travel, trying to get out and enjoy the fall weather further to the north of me. To see some leaves. Actually, the tricky thing is I may have missed the best of the foliage where I'm going, but we'll see. I'm going to do some biking and some hiking and just try to take advantage of a time of year I really do enjoy. So hurricanes are back. Had a couple of questions around that. One One wasn't directly one was more about the question was, do you ever get bored with like forecasting an event like a tropical cyclone or hurricane, something that lasts a long time? Now, I think I may have touched on this a little bit before in that we do as forecasters experience what is called like storm fatigue and and so do people like you and everyone else on the planet because news tends to kick up around big events. Uh, whether it's a winter storm, whether it's a, you know, tropical cyclone, but these longer lasting things, particularly tropical cyclones that can last a long time, you know, a few weeks, uh, there is this tendency that you've got to be careful. So I don't know that I would call it boredom. I don't, I don't think I ever really get bored with forecasting, but you can kind of get to a point with a, a tropical cyclone, particularly when it's one that maybe isn't having impacts on, on people or, you know, locations that are particularly important when it's over the open ocean, yet you still have to kind of keep an eye on it. It can wear you out or you you got to be careful not to just let what you would expect to happen be what you forecast. You really do have to still look at the nuances and make sure you're not missing something that could lead to a difference down the road. So not really boredom, but Certainly forecasters suffer from fatigue, and maybe some do get bored with, with actual forecasts. But what happened is I was having an exchange with a, a meteorologist friend of mine, and he was just like, I'm just ready for the season to be over. And I even saw a story about, I don't know, if those of you who grew up watching the Weather Channel like me know who Jim Cantori is. Some of you may not, but he's a very well-known on-air personality with the Weather Channel. And saw him quoted in a story, actually I was just reading it earlier today, That the area that's now going to be likely experiencing the effects of Hurricane Delta, which is expected to make landfall in the U.S. um, end of this week into the early part of the weekend, had a sign that says, you know, basically, you're not welcome here, Jim Cantore. Not because he's not welcome as an individual, but when he shows up, it's usually where the hurricane's going to be making landfall. So they were trying to keep him away from their location. So... We're still in hurricane season. Not over yet. Not quite as busy as it was before. Not necessarily a big surprise, but got to keep an eye out for a little while longer. All right. I also came across a story, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I, I know a lot of times people don't go and look and get the articles or read them some people really do some people really like doing that but it was an interesting story and so if you don't always do that maybe I'll even tweet it out this week there was a story about a meteorologist who is responsible for doing weather balloons actually down in Louisiana and she writes messages on the radio saw now that's the piece of equipment that is attached to the balloon and takes the measurements but what goes up must come down and so these things do come down I've never experienced that I mean you know what are the odds really that said, there was someone got one in their backyard and was I guess they really appreciated the the message and so they got connected. And so there's an article about that. I don't want to spoil the story, but it's a really heartwarming story and you don't always see those in these sort of situations, but in years where if you're in an area and weather has a big impact, it's nice to, you know, I guess feel a connection to people that are that are looking out for you that are keeping an eye out for your safety as well. So maybe take some time to go look at the show notes and pull that out. Like I said, maybe I'll tweet it uh, sometime middle of the week. So if you don't follow the the Twitter feed, maybe it's a time to start doing that or again, if you don't always go to the show notes on the archive.org page where I store the files, maybe it's worth going to, doing a quick check of that. Now, Let's get to the main story, and I'll try not to put you to sleep. I know sometimes I've got one of those voices that if I get really going for a while, you may find that you just want to sleep to every episode I do, and I'm capable of doing that, but I'm not going to be the one that tries to put you to sleep. Two events recently happened to me that kind of triggered this topic in my mind. One was being woken up in the middle of the night by, it wasn't really a, a really active thunderstorm, although there was a little thunder in the area, a little lightning, a little thunder, but it was just a fairly strong rain, loud enough that I heard it on the roof of the building. The other was that thing that I actually enjoy this time of year when temps get cooler and you just want to pull the covers up and kind of curl back into bed. And I really started thinking to myself, what role does weather play in my sleep patterns? How much does it actively impact how much sleep I get or the quality of the sleep I get? So, of course, did the logical thing, Googled it, right? It's what we do. And I am curious. I started thinking about this as I was writing the episode. How many of you people remember Alta Vista? Right, and do using that search engine or even Yahoo long before Google. You know, I don't know. Now I'm feeling old when I talk about search engines pre Google, but there were such a thing. A lot of us used them. But back to Googling it. I Googled it and I said, Does changing weather or does weather influence sleep? I don't remember exactly what my search was or what's the connection between weather and sleep. So something along those lines. P- pretty generic. And i think I said changing weather, but there were two articles that came up towards the end of that first page. And as we all know, that first page is where you know most of our stuff comes from. And it talked about changing weather patterns that may affect your sleep. And what I always like when I go to do a topic is I get contrasting information. So one mentioned it would be better, and it was talking about rain. And the other was saying it would get worse, and it was talking about atmospheric pressure. So immediately I had to do that. Now, the first thing I had to do was go through and say, okay, I'm not going to go to any site that's trying to sell me stuff to make me sleep better. Because as you can imagine, half the results on on that first Google search were mattresses. And we'll get back to why so many mattress things came up in a bit. But let me go to these first two. They were like number nine and number 10 on the first page, right, of search results. It was interesting because they were right next to each other. So I had one that said it makes it better, one that said it makes it worse. Now, the one about rain, in my case, it woke me up. Now, I don't know that does it for everybody. And it, like I said, it wasn't a major storm. I, you know, I woke up, I wasn't angry about being woken up by the rain. I actually enjoyed that. So I actually did get out of bed that night and opened a window, and just enjoyed the rain. You know, did some other things while I was awake, and I'm not sure that was the only thing that woke me up. But generally, what they found is rain, and, and I'm, I'm assuming it's not when there's a big bad thunderstorm, has a tendency to make us sleep better. And there's a couple potential reasons for that. The primary reason is most likely due to the white noise effect. And you've probably noticed before, whenever there's rain going on around you, you kind of can't hear other things, right? It kind of drowns out everything else. And as long as it's not too loud, it kind of creates that dampening effect or that result where we can maybe zone out a little better. And even with situations where maybe it's on the roof or something like that, it could be in a kind of a rhythmic pattern. Right, so it, it might be something that kind of keeps us in a naturally suppressed state in terms of you know not being worked up or stressed out. The article also talked about other possibilities, like it makes the situation darker. Nah, that's great for nap time. I it's not really a nighttime sleep, but maybe it is. Maybe you know if you're looking at early evening or even in the afternoon when you're thinking about you're chilling out and all of a sudden you notice you've fallen asleep for a little nap. That's the sort of thing that can happen. Now on the worst side we get to this atmospheric pressure situation. And so this article, what it talked about is one of the things, and we've talked about how atmospheric pressure can make changes in terms of how your body feels from a pain standpoint. But what it was saying is changes in atmospheric pressure also have the capability of disrupting your sleep patterns. So if a weather system is coming through and it's doing such in a way that's driving a meaningful atmospheric pressure change that has the potential of, you know, we, we have these sleep rhythms, and so it has the potential of disrupting that, right? We're upsetting that normal state that our body might be in during a longer sleep period. Now, this wasn't focused so much on naps. This was truly focused on overnight sleep, and I saw some other articles around this. Now, some of them really weren't very knowledgeable people, they were trying to make some sense out of it, and they weren't really conveying the information very well. But the idea is, you know, in a nutshell, that changing weather, in this case, you know, the other one was talking about rain, and yeah, rain can actually come with atmospheric pressure changes. That's what I found interesting, but just the changes in pressure themselves, because of the influence it has on our body, could kick us out of a good sleep pattern. So, there you go. Changing weather, can either be good for you or bad for you, depending on who you are and what your situation is. Some of us, particularly if you are susceptible to pressure changes in your sinuses, if you, you know, are sensitive to things where whether it's cold or whatever else, where um, nasal pressure causes challenges for you, mm-hmm. then it is likely that the pressure changes are gonna be more substantial in, in potentially causing problems for you for instance than someone who's not or if you suffer from uh, arthritis or other joint related things where pressure changes can also cause that again logical to think that it could also disrupt your sleep pattern so that seems to be the case so let's get on to a couple other components temperature and this is where the mattress people really came into play because what we find is Different temperatures tend to have different influences. What I did, I learned a little something I didn't know, which is our natural body temperature tends to cool normally overnight. So all things, other things being equal, our body cools off, cools off, cools off until shortly before we wake up, and then it starts amping up again. I feel a little bit like describing when water was turning into ice or something, but we get cooler normally. So it's logical to think that if you keep your situation cool, it helps with your sleep state, right? And, and the flip side of that is hot temperatures would in theory make you not sleep as well. And that's generally the case. Now you can imagine there's some variances to that, right? If it's really, really cold outside, a little bit of warmth, falling asleep maybe by the fire or something like that might, might be a good thing. But generally what happens is if you're sleeping in a warmer situation than what would be your natural state, so if the room around you is a little warm, it creates, interestingly enough, a release of stress hormones. And that's why, and this is what I found kind of interesting about this one I read about, is it can make you more stressed in the summertime. So you're not, you know, everybody talks about can't wait for summer and stuff like that. Actually, the hotter temperatures from a sleep standpoint kind of amp up your body. So you're more likely to be stressed out in the summertime, not more relaxed. I don't know. I found that kind of an interesting byproduct. Cooling on the other side, like I said, our body tends to get there. And it's generally recommended that you sleep in a cooler room You make sure that your body logically isn't sweating, but that it, feels that it can dissipate its normal heat load. However, what happens when we cool off is our body actually works harder. And this is one of the reasons they think that there are, we tend to see more heart attacks in the wintertime or in the cold season because our body is actually working harder when it's in a cool state despite the fact that we sleep better. Apparently, it helps us with the deeper sleeps, right? That it keeps us in that rhythmic pattern, if you will. Now, the last component we're going to look at is wind, all right? And a lot of people do like to sleep with the window open. Now, I like the window open to cool off my space, but one of the things I've noticed, for me in particular, and this is what some of the findings bear out, is active wind blowing on you is not necessarily a good thing right? It, it tends to make your body want to move. This is the interesting part. So it's not necessarily going to wake you up, but it's going to make you a more restless sleeper, which we all go through periods of where in theory, moving around more in bed. But if you have too much of that, it kicks you out of what would be your, again, your normal patterns. The key to getting good sleep is to have a rhythm that your body can go through a, a You know set of cycles because we do we go through deep sleep and lighter sleep and REM sleep you know where we're dreaming etc and the goal is to allow your body to kind of go through that natural cycle and wake up in the right cycle as well. I know there's all sorts of studies on this. Is That's why alarm clocks aren't really a great thing, is you want your body to wake up. If you're one of those people that has kind of a natural time that you wake up without an alarm clock, that means you've you know your body has found its cycle, and it can just go to that. And as long as you're getting enough sleep, that's actually the ideal thing, is to not need an alarm clock to get up. But that wind can kind of, you know, just rustling around kick you in the same way a little bit and go, hmm, don't lay there. Don't be comfortable, all right? But what I found that was interesting is that it's, even with things like central air, so you shouldn't have vents blowing on you either if you are in a situation where you're creating, for instance, your wind weather inside the house. So you may want it cooler, so you want the cooling air, but it blowing on you is not a good thing. Now, if you're in a hot place and you have a fan blowing on you to kind of keep your body cool, it's a trade-off, right? It's how do you keep your body cool yet not make you restless? And that's not always easy. I mean, we don't all have the luxury of a perfect setup for these things. But more and more, we are learning that sleep and getting the right amount of sleep goes a long way in so many other aspects of our lives. So maybe controlling the weather and how the weather is influencing you is a good thing. But I think what some of this stuff says is a little different for everybody. You know, maybe what the primary driver is for you is drastically different from somebody else. Maybe pressure is big for you or maybe rain or wind or cool or, or warm. I mean, I'm in a situation where I'm in a house where one person in the room wants really warm temperatures. And I'm kind of, I'm, I would say more middle of the road, but I lean towards cool. So I just tend to sleep without so much covers. It makes It makes it simpler. But there are always going to be those days where I'm a little warm. And I'd love to have a fan or open a window. You know, those are all trade-offs. Now, you can also have to realize that even as we've talked about these individual pieces, there's the combinations as well that can throw you off. And humidity being an example of that, right? Humidity is one of those things that if humidity is really high, getting it to a cooler temperature is going to be difficult. And being able to dissipate humidity from the air is going to be critical for you feeling cool, if that's the goal. So understanding if it's humid outside, even if it's cool at night, it may actually be an okay combination to have the window open a little bit, as long as it's not too breezy, right? So if the night nighttime air is a reasonable temperature, right, and humidity level such that it keeps you, because we get too dry, as an example, your nasal passages or your breathing patterns can get really disrupted, lungs and, and nose, et cetera, by humidities not being at the right level. If you, wintertime, have you ever had it where it's been so dry, the air inside, that you can't tolerate it, right? We have to introduce humidity. A lot of us may have a humidifier in our homes. So all these little elements can kind of come together. And again, so you may have a primary driver and a secondary driver that, that are important to your sleep patterns. But how all the weather components come together is something you've got to keep in mind and understand which one is going to be the driver. Because it's not always just that one thing, if you will. I don't know. Let me know. Like I said, I, I kind of like, I don't necessarily like the room still. I like air movement, and, and I think I, that's... True even when I sleep, but I may be wrong on that. So I like a little air movement, a little bit on the cool side. But I tend to like the humidity higher because, again, I from a nasal standpoint, I appreciate a little bit of humidity in the air. But let me know what you find. What I, I don't know. What do you like to sleep to? I mean, heck, I even use weather noises. Uh-huh. So I didn't talk about that. But I have like an ambient sound stuff that if I'm having trouble sleeping from time to time, I'll kick that on. I go through phases where I use it and some where I don't. But I find it very relaxing to have weather noises. And sometimes I'll throw in ocean and other things. Kind of on in the background. And it does tend to help me at least fall asleep. And that's why I don't keep it on all night long. I, you know, I may turn it on for a timer for an hour. But weather plays a role in that piece of my life as well. But let me know. What is it about the weather at gmail.com? What is it about the weather on Twitter? or again, you can hit me mark underscore gelonic. I'd be curious to know what works best for you. What weather combination do you find just right? All right. Now, before I let you go, (laughs) I had one of these things when I was looking at these articles. Like I told you, there were a lot of people trying to sell you sleep stuff, which is a huge industry. And so when I came across this stuff, I came across a set of articles. And this kind of stuff, it happens all the time, particularly in this day and age. And it's not just a weather thing. So I'm going to keep all the names out of it except for a couple of the sites that will be names you recognize. I had Company A, if you will, that had a 2018, you know, not that old, 2018, where they were talking about some recent study, right, that had been picked up by the Washington Post. I go to the Washington Post article, which is now four years earlier, it wasn't a recent anything, right? I guess a recent's a relative term. And they called on something that showed up in Prevention magazine. Okay. And the Prevention Magazine, and even the Washington Post article, referred to a PR release. Well, that PR release was from Company A. <laughs> so it was just a vicious circle where they were self-promoting because it had been picked up on something, but that was four years old. And, I, you know, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. If you ever do that, do you, do you ever look at the dates on things when it links from certain stuff, particularly when they say it's something recent? Always always check the header dates. Now, I realize header dates can change and get changed again. But a lot of times with certain sources, they will tell you they'll keep the original date and only tell you if they edit it. But I don't consider four years ago recent in any time scale for me. But that's just me. All right. I hope you've gotten something out of this. I, I, again, I'll be curious to know how your weather-sleep relationship unfolds. And whether it's about sleeping or about being outside, whatever it is, may you have an interesting weather aha moment this week. And never forget, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.